welcome back to A Life of KG. Today on the show, I have Rosie, who is a senior client advisor for Professional Beauty Direct. I know in our industry, we always have loads of questions regarding our insurance and what's the right thing to do, the wrong things to do, how should we do our client cards, how should we patch test. So I thought I'd get Rosie on the show to give us a bit of a lowdown of how we should be doing things and hopefully this will answer a lot of your questions. Without further ado, here she is. that all you need to do is to add a low-cost, high-profit treatment to your services to make more money in less time. Would you want to know more? We have helped over 250 hair and beauty professionals go from burnout to actually creating a business that works for them rather than you being a slave to your own business. The Jenna Lee Academy Group is a specialist permanent makeup academy and we are experts in helping people like you step into a rewarding and exciting industry. We would absolutely love to hear your questions over on Instagram where we can tell you exactly how training in permanent makeup has changed so many people's lives. You can find more information in the show notes below and we really hope to hear from you soon. Rosie, thank you so much for coming on the Life of KG. How are you today? Fine, thank you. Good, nice to see you. So I'm going to start with our famous fire quick questions. So just a few for you. Are you a summer girl or winter girl? Summer. Are you nails or lashes? Lashes, I think lashes would you prefer to read a book or a podcast a book book. wonderful okay so would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us exactly who you are and what you do so my name's Rosie Barrington and I work for Professional Beauty Direct and Hairdressers Journal Direct and we're they're both trading names of Innovexco Limited which is an insurance broker so we specialise in insurance in the beauty industry um, and we also work with trainers as well. Uh, I've been really keen to get you on the podcast because we um, have our insurance for you guys and our accreditation is for you guys as well. And I know looking after salon owners, I get asked questions all the time about all insurance questions and I thought, let me get Rosie on the show and see if she can answer some to help us out. How long have you been doing it for, Rosie? Um, I think uh, probably about 15 years now. I started in on the claim side of it um, and then progressed to the underwriting side. So I've seen all aspects of the insurance in the beauty industry. Yeah, I bet you have. I bet you've heard some stories as well. <laughs> Um, so insurance obviously pays a really big part in business and obviously insurance is everywhere from cars to your house to your business but I think we hear all of the time of why do I really need insurance people see it as a waste of money and outgoing that they don't need but why is it so important for us to have insurance well firstly when you start off deciding to be a beautician or a hairdresser. It's not something that you would immediately think about. 
but um, if something goes wrong when you're carrying out a treatment and it does happen, even though um, you do everything that you should do, um, somebody can make a claim against you and it can cost you thousands and thousands of pounds. So you wouldn't have that money behind you to cover that. Also, insurance um, companies have the expertise in the history um, and experience to deal with these claims and to deal with third party solicitors. So you can imagine if you're just starting out on your career and you don't have insurance, you won't have the money to meet a claim, but also you're having to deal with solicitors. You don't understand the legal process. So insurers do all that for you. So it's really, really important to have insurance in place. You can even have a problem carrying out patch tests. So you haven't even done the treatment, but somebody could have a reaction to the patch test. Um, so it's just there for your security. Oh, so as you brought up patch testing, <laughs> um, if someone was to react on a patch test, are we safe? Because they're obviously it's just a patch test without the treatment. Yes, if you can't speak for other insurers, but a professional beauty direct and hairdressers journal direct, if somebody has an injury following a patch test, then your insurance policy would cover you. Perfect. I'm sure we'll touch patch testing a little bit later on. Um, lots of people that I deal with within the industry, because I look after salon owners, I mentor salon owners. And a big thing within that is employment or self-employment. And what's the right way to go, the wrong way to go and that type of thing. And sometimes there is a little bit of crossover when it comes to insurance <clears throat> in this. If someone was self-employed within a salon, what would the salon owner need to make sure they're covered their end, if anything at all? So if, if you're self-employed working in a salon, then the salon owner, um, well, for example, first of all, somebody that wants to make a claim against that self-employed therapist, they wouldn't know how they trade. So if they wanted to make a claim, they would just make a claim to the salon, to the name above the door, not understanding um, that it's the self-employed therapist that caused the injury. So a salon owner needs to make sure that they have the self-employed therapist insurance and that it's up to date and keeps the documentation. Someone has up to three years to make an injury claim against you. So you could find that that self-employed therapist has moved on to somewhere else, but you could still get a claim. But if you've got their insurance documents, then the salon owner can redirect that claim to the self-employed therapist insurers. Um, and it's difficult because, as you said, there is grey area because you might share booking systems, you might share treatments. But a salon owner wouldn't want a claim made against the salon um, if it was the self-employed therapist that caused the injury, because they obviously wouldn't want that on their record. They wouldn't want that um, bad reputation. So it's so important for a salon owner to make sure all the documentation is in place. Um, if a self-employed therapist, they can go and do a treatment anywhere. They might do it in the salon, they might do it in the evening and they're not representing the salon. So again, the salon owner wouldn't want to be responsible for a claim that a self-employed therapist did in the evening away from the salon. So it's important to make sure that the self-employed therapist has their own insurance 
keep the documentation and make sure it's all up to date and in date. If you're employed in a salon, um, the salon owner is um, responsible for that employee. So we would cover the employee under a salon policy, but you can always just pick the phone up, talk to your insurers and just um, iron out any grey areas and make sure you've got the correct insurance in place. Mm, I think that that's a, a huge thing right now. And I think a lot of people listening to this will think I haven't even thought about the insurance side to the people that are self-employed within their salons. And like you said, if something ever happened in the treatment room, that client isn't going to know that that person's necessarily self-employed. They're just going to assume they go to that salon. It's that salon that deals with it. And if the insurance isn't done correctly, it's the salon that that might fall on, isn't it? So it is important for a salon owner to make sure everything is in place if they're renting rooms and chairs out. Yeah. If someone um, was self-employed within a salon and had any comeback that resulted in the claim, how could that affect the salon owner, if anything? Just, um, it's a lot of hassle for a salon owner. The time it takes to uh, redirect the claim. Um, and also, as a salon owner, you might have the initial cons um, conversation with somebody that wants to make a claim it's not a nice feeling if somebody does want to make a claim but you've just it's just the hassle and the reputation for the salon owner so um it, it's yeah it's time consuming collating the information and the documentation but if you've got everything in place then it just irons out those little um problems of timing and the information. Right, okay. As an insurance provider, what's the most common questions that you get asked by the hair and beauty industry? I'm sure your phones are ringing all of the time with nearly the same answers and questions. Yeah, so but we're, we are happy to talk to anybody who calls. Probably the most often asked question is about patch testing. Um, and what's our patch testing policy condition. And it is important to follow your policy conditions because if you don't, then you could find that your insurance policy doesn't pay out if there was a claim made against you. Our patch testing um, condition is that you need to follow manufacturer's instructions in your training. And then any new client, you need to carry out a patch test, any changes in their medical history, any changes in the products you're using or any changes that the manufacturers made to the ingredients of the product, and then at intervals of no more than 12 months. Um, but again, we are happy to explain that to you. We at Professional Beauty Direct and Hairdressers Journal Direct don't accept postal patch testing, um, mm. which is another question that we're asked. Um, but in the documents, in your policy document, there's always a list of policy conditions and it's important that you read those when you take the insurance out. Yeah, and every insurance provider is very different, aren't they? So everyone needs to check with who they're with. But I think when it comes to patch testing, this again is another grey area, isn't it, with patch testing? Because insurance will say go to manufacturers, manufacturers will say go to insurance, and everyone kind of doesn't want to take the blame as such or doesn't know what way to do it if a training provider or 
a manufacturer turns around and says you don't need to patch test would then you accept that or would you say no they say not to patch test but we are saying that to carry on patch testing in our policy wording there are certain um treatments that you need to patch test like eyelash tinting if your manufacturer says don't patch test then you would need to do that to follow our policy policy conditions if there was a treatment say um, you were doing eyelash extensions we don't require you to carry out a patch test but if your manufacturer um, says that you do then you would need to do that does that make it clear? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess go with the one which seems safest to do, right? If one's saying patch test and one's saying don't, then patch test. If they're both saying don't yes. patch test. Then... Or if um, check with your manufacturer and then just double check um, with us and we would just clarify that. So we would say that if your manufacturer says that you need to do it, then you would need to carry out a patch test. If they say don't, then just check with us that it's not a policy condition for that particular treatment. Mm, okay, so say for example with lash extensions, because you've brought that up, or you're saying that you don't have to patch test, so then if the manufacturer says they don't have to patch test, that salon is then not obviously going to patch test. If someone has a reaction in that treatment, which we know that does happen, how is that going to affect the salon? Does it mean there'll definitely be no claims because everyone said that they don't need to patch test, they completely safe, or does it just depend when they get into the courtroom? It, if there was a reaction to the patch test, then because you had followed our policy conditions because there wasn't a patch testing condition, our policy would cover you. So what would happen is somebody would make the claim against you. Um, our insurers would um, have a consultation with you, get a background to the um, treatment and get your version of events. And then if they decide that you'd carried out the treatment with all care and consideration, they would deny liability on your behalf. Then they would wait to see if that was argued. If it was argued, um, then, you know, there'd be a lot of to in and froing until a decision was reached. But if... Um, the therapist it was deemed that the therapist had um, caused an injury then insurers look back on past cases and then make a, well would get medical evidence to see how um to see you know how bad the reaction was or you know whether it caused a, a lasting injury or anything like that then they would make an award based on that but they try not to go to court because obviously it, it bumps the solicitor's costs and court costs bump with the amount of the settlement of the claim up. So they try not to do that. But it's a very long process. So that's one of the reasons why it's important to have insurance in place, because it's not a quick um, couple of day answer. It's a very, very long legal process that has to be followed. And I think a lot of people don't realise that this does go on all of the time. Would you say it is more regular, regularly happening, not so much about patch tests, just about claims in, in general with our industry? We believe that the no win, no fee solicitors, where they have um, exhausted the whiplash injury claims, they're now on to beauty claims. So we do get a lot of claims and also 
you could have a treatment and something went wrong and then um, you went home, or you'd left the salon and you were quite happy, these things happen, but you went home, then somebody, a partner or family member could entice or encourage you to make a claim. So quite often people say, well, you know, they left and they were quite happy. It was just one of those things, but you can imagine a conversation at home and then they pursue it later. So it is a common occurrence, definitely. And even with, it's not even just treatment insurance, is it? It's obviously make, like protecting yourself when it comes to your teams and stuff, because obviously there's tribunals and all of that as well. So protection, yeah. Because how, how long is it that they can get a claim and an ex-employee, how long they've got to claim against an employer? Three years for injury claims. Well, for um, injury claims, you could have to say for example not that it particularly happened in the salon but loss of hearing and you could find out that that loss of hearing was as a result of you working in a salon 20 years ago so it's it's very important to make sure you have all your liability insurance in place people think that if they rent a space out um, to a therapist um, because that therapist isn't employed by you, but they could still have an accident in the salon and they could still make a claim against your public liability insurance. So it's, if you own a salon, you need to make sure you have a policy that encompasses all your um, possible liability claims. Also your kit and equipment, your stock and contents and tenants employ improvements. You could just have a little claim um, for damage to a laser machine, by the time it's been sent off to be um, assessed whether it can be repaired or replaced, you, you haven't then got that machine for the clients that were booked in the next day to have a laser treatment. So you've then got loss of income. So a little tiny claim, or just a small, you believe to be a small claim, could actually end up being quite a large loss. So for salon insurers it's very important that they make sure they have something in place to cover every possible eventuality and three years later that someone could do a claim that's a long time isn't it i mean that it's is a bit sorry seven years for property claims as well third party property claims so if say you have damaged somebody's table then they've got seven years to make a claim and if somebody is under the age of 18, they've then got seven years, uh, three years for an injury claim after they're aged 18. Wow, really? I've actually been hearing um, and been asked quite a lot lately of, you know, there's someone that's 15 and she wants a leg wax, would you do it? Or eyelash extensions or whatever that is. What is the policy with you guys with under 16 year olds? So we require you to follow your training and manufacturer's instructions, but anybody under the age of 16, we would re require written parental consent. Mm. We, we say um, a lot of the time in the salon, correct me if I'm wrong, the, that it's best to have the parent in the room at all times. So then they're always chaperoned. So then nothing can come back to you that end either. That's a good idea. It's not something that we require as a policy condition but a lot of salon owners and therapists feel more comfortable with having a parent or a guardian in the room and at the end of the day it, it you need to follow the treatment how best you can and if that's how you feel comfortable then you should do it that way 
Yeah, we actually come across something. It was actually with myself and the salon over Christmas because when we do nails or pedicures or anything that that type of treatment, we get the consent from the parent, but we don't. They don't have to sit there while the child gets their nails done. If it's kind of a backroom treatment, I say, then I say it's best if the parents there. But we found that we actually had a mum that wasn't happy with the bill of the treatment because this girl was adding things on and I assumed she was older than what she was so I didn't actually know she was 14 at the time should have obviously just double checked her treatment card hands up but you know when they're, when they're older don't think to check her age and the mum really questioned what the bill was at the end and wasn't happy but I was like obviously asked the client who was a child at the time what it told her what step was all the add-on services she wanted she wanted nail art glitter you know what they're like when they're younger and the child was saying yes 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 obviously me not knowing she was a child but I think because they're not very good at communication when they are that slightly bit younger or they just say yes or they're not quite sure what they want they then go home to mum and dad and say well actually I didn't want this or I wasn't happy with this or the the parent hasn't been able to say no actually she's not allowed to spend that money or have any extra on her nails so we after that decided no more under 16s unless the parent is there or the consultation and everything is done with the parent not just the written consent but actually what is this person having on their nails do they want this do they want that well this is going to cost this is that okay because otherwise it bites you in the bum that's a good idea I hadn't thought of that angle of it but yes I haven't haven't come across that before but that's a really good idea something that we perhaps should be telling our policyholders. yeah we've had it um it was only the first time over Christmas but I just thought mm. and at prom time sometimes we've had a couple of issues at prom where they might say oh actually it wasn't the exact colour they wanted but then don't tell us till after they've left rather than when the therapist is saying, is that okay? And they're like, yeah, that's okay. But then they go home and it's a different story to the parents and you're like, oh no. And that's the thing that you do, they do go home and talk to other people. Even if you did a treatment on a friend, you know, you wouldn't think the friend would make a claim against you, but their partner or other family members could persuade you to do that. So even if you're just carrying out treatments on friends, you might not think insurance is important, but it really is. Yeah, I, I say when you're training as well. Yeah, and I say this when I'm yeah, I say this when I'm training all of the time because I'll say give them for their qualification at the end of their training course, but then I'll say to practice on friends and family. But I say you have to get insurance before this point because they might be your friends and they might be that your family and you might think they might not do anything. But if they have blown up eyes or a tweezer stabbed in their face or anything or, or glue in their hair, you're then not their friend. They will try and sue you somehow. So always get um, insurance before you even start on a model. Our student insurance is only £20, so it's silly not to have that in place. Well, that's really good, isn't it? There's no reason not to do that. Um, exactly. Mm. Is there any other common um, questions that you get asked other than patch tests, anything that comes to your head? Yeah, that's probably the main one. Also about record cards, it's so important to make a proper record of your client's um, consultation, the treatment, the patch test, the aftercare advice given. 
um, and the results of the treatment. So it's very important to make a um, complete and accurate record of that, because if there was a claim made against you, that's what's looked at um, to check whether you've carried out the treatment with all care and consideration. So if, say, um, you'd missed the patch test off, there's no proof that you have given that patch test to the client and then you could be in um, foul of your policy conditions. So it's so important to make complete and proper record cards. So people do ask us what they need to record and how long they need to keep them for. Mm. Um, so um, that's patch testing and record cards are the main ones, but we do also get asked about age limits um, and who they can treat and who they can't and whether they can treat people that have cancer or recovering from cancer or pregnant ladies. At Professional Beauty Direct and Hairdresser Journal Direct, um, we don't have any specific policy conditions as long as you're following manufacturer's guidance and your trainers training. Um, but we do think it's quite a good idea that if say somebody is um, having cancer treatment that that client asks their doctor or their consultant if it's okay to have a treatment and just write that on their consultation note so you can prove that you've had that conversation with them same with pregnancy if you just ask your client with to check with their midwife that it's okay just make a note of it on your record card and you've got proof yeah i think a lot of people in the industry are really worried to treat anyone that's going through chemotherapy or cancer or had cancer previously or pregnancy and i think with those types of clients beauty and hair is so important to lift their spirits more that i think us turning them away all the time obviously it's personal preference with the salon therapist or hairdresser but I think turning them away all of the time, they feel that they can't have anything done can even be really hard on their mental health. And I know other insurance providers might say different. That's absolutely fine. You have to go with your insurance provider. But we get all of well, I do so many cancer patients and it's so important to them that they still feel normal, that they still have that treatment done and makes them still feel beautiful. And the same with pregnancy. You can't do so much in pregnancy that just to get your lashes done lifts your spirit so much. So if you can offer them treatments, I definitely would. And the clients, as long as you've got everything around you, like the doctor's nights and midwife nights, make sure your training provider and everything around it says yes, then I definitely wouldn't turn them, treat them clients away because they will be very loyal, very, very loyal clients. <laughs> And when people phone up to ask whether they can provide that treatment, they so often say, I really want to, you know, for exactly that reason to lift them. Yeah, it's so important. We all know that beauty and hair just isn't beauty and hair, is it? It has a lot to do with mental health and um, self-love as well. So what tips would you give um salon owners to prevent having any claims or therapists um, um i don't think you can ever prevent having a claim it's just one of those things that can happen however careful you are these things do happen and that's why you have the insurance in place so for injury claims as i previously said make sure you follow your policy conditions, your patch testing and complete record cards. They're important to have that in place. 
Um, but um, sometimes these things just happen and you, ca you can't prevent it. Providing good aftercare is good, but make a note that you've provided that on the consultation record because sometimes a client will leave the salon and then do something that they shouldn't do, go out in the sun or something like that. But there's no proof that you have told your client that. So if you've got um, either provide aftercare in writing and write a note on the consultation card that that's been provided, then that lessens the comeback because you've informed that um, client what they should and shouldn't be doing. So um, that probably um, the only other thing with injury claims is, is good housekeeping just to prevent slips and falls risk assessments, just make sure um, that everything is clean and tidy, no spillages, that would prevent um, somebody coming into reception and, and falling over or an employee falling over in a treatment room. So good housekeeping is um, paramount. For, um, for claims for material damage claims, accidental damage and theft, um, accidental damage is just one of those things you can't prevent but um, for theft make sure some sometimes um, the security at a premises isn't quite robust you might not want to spend the money on um, security because it might seem a bit of a waste of money but if it prevents a theft claim not only are you preventing the hassle of collating the documentation to prove the claim, um, you know, receipts and repair estimate or um, replacement estimates, but also the time that it takes to do that. And by the time you've replaced the item, you've lost your income. Going back to, the, say, the theft of a laser machine, you can't then carry out your laser treatments the next day. If you've got a wedding booked in at the weekend, and you haven't your makeup kit stolen, then how will you be able to, to do the makeup at the wedding? So that can lead to loss of income. So it's important to um, think about the security. And if it's not, if it's within your budget, just um, make sure it's robust. At night time, it's a good idea to move stock and products out of sight pull a blind down or move it away from the window so it's not somebody walking past an opportunist doesn't think oh you know that's something that they could get money for resale um, and then keep an eye on the weather so many flood claims escape of water claims keep an eye on the weather if there's storms due just move your items out of the basement or move them up so that um you don't walk into a salon that's completely flooded and all your items are floating around. Because again, it's so time consuming. Sometimes you can't even begin to make the claim because you're clearing up and then assessing what's lost. We've had quite a few claims where a car's been driven into the front of a salon. So you can't even begin to work out what needs to be replaced until you've started the ball rolling with clearing up of the salon. So their loss of income, you know, until the salon's 
put back on its feet again can take years in some cases. Mm. Yeah, that's very, very helpful. So if one needs to go and check out their policies, make sure they're covered and just do everything that you can to prevent a claim if possible. But, you know, a lot of people go, oh, did you hear this salon has gone through this or that salon's gone through that? But it can literally happen to any single one of us. And also your clients, you know, might not be loyal and might go elsewhere whilst you can't trade and then you've lost them. Mm. Yeah, that's another one to think of as well. Definitely. Well, Rosie, thank you so much um, for coming on and giving up your time today. Where can people connect or where's best to um, send them if they're interested in your shots? So we, we're a very small team. We're not a call centre. So there's only a few of us answering the phone. So we're on the end of the phone from nine to five, Monday to Friday, and our number's 0345-605-8670. Email is info at professionalbeautydirect.co.uk. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Perfect. I will add all the links in the show notes. Um, those of you that have found this really helpful or feel that someone else will find it very helpful, please share it on social media for us. Um, I know Professional Direct and me will really, really love that and it will help us out lots. And Rosie, just thank you so, so much for giving up your time today. It's been a pleasure. The Pro Gel, classic professional British. The ProGel is a proud British brand designed and created for nail professionals by nail professionals. We have a wide range of professionals only product with over 200 highly pigmented gel polish colours that are all vegan and cruelty free, express tips and lots more. Make sure you follow us on socials at the ProGel UK and use code KGLIFE10 to receive 10% off your first order.